Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 213. John and Wendy talk to Alex Udeem. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. Into March, that is. And we are excited to once again being sponsored by our friends over at Namely. Thank you, Namely, as always. Be sure Mm -hmm. to check out Namely.com to learn more about their platform, particularly those of you in the employer space between 50 and 1,000 employees. They have great offerings. Make sure you check them out. And as always, original sponsor, we love Namely. (laughs) Yes, we love our OG. Speaking of originals, we wanted to give a shout out to our friends over at the Hostile Work Environment Mm -hmm. who just celebrated a a milestone that we were excited to hear about. Yeah, they just celebrated two years. And as of the time we're recording this, we are recording it on March 14th. Um, All of my Facebook memories, all of my Twitter memories are of them coming back. They came on our show to promote it. And so excited that they're back. They've got some um, great stuff out there. But John, I don't know if you've listened to their celebration episode, but they pull out the stats like you do to me every once in a while, um, talking about where are their biggest downloads, how many downloads have they had, what countries are they in. So um, it's very impressive. Love, love what they do. Um, I, I can't think of two better people to host that show, quite honestly. And love, you know, Kate's laugh and Mark's laugh when they crack each other up. Um, love the show. So highly encourage everyone, if you haven't, I don't know why you haven't, if you're listening to us, you're in the same market for uh, listening to Hostile Work Environment. So highly encourage you to to check them out. And congratulations, Kate and Mark. Two years is fantastic. Hostile Work Environment had an original iteration before Kate, and we were fortunate enough to get to meet Mark way back then and mm-hmm. take part in the show when in that original iteration. I remember when they came back and Dennis had, had moved on mm-hmm. and when Kate was going to come on, we kind of guessed pretty quickly who it was going to be, was that <laughs> was going to be the co-host there. It is a real testament to what they do. It is thoughtful and insightful and it's all about employment law where I still don't know of other podcasts that are talking employment law. If they mm-hmm. are, they're certainly not doing it in the tone and style that right. Kate and sorry that that they have (laughs) highly recommend them and be on the lookout we always enjoy having them over some of you Mm -hmm. recall they've come in and sat in with us for some chats in the past with respect to hr shenanigans look for one of those sooner than later we want to have them back in to do that again congratulations check out hostile work environment check out all the other hr podcasts that are out there Mm -hmm. Well worth your time. Everybody's doing great things and different things. We're supportive of it, and and we hope you are too. Yep, for sure. I am excited about the guests that we have here. We're going to get more into our background in a Mm -hmm. a little bit. Some of you know Alex. Those of you that don't, he's got a really compelling story. You're going to enjoy what he's got to say. You're going to want to know him and get to know him better after this. Wendy, let's make the introduction and get started. Yes, so excited to welcome Alex to the show. I had the pleasure of meeting Alex my very last trip for the podcast. 
was <laughs> October 2019 when I got to meet Alex on that trip to California. So, so excited to have him on. Um, unfortunately, um, Alex was laid off during the pandemic and uh, decided to refocus on himself, his health, and his mindset. He has lost 130 pounds. Alex, that is so fantastic. So excited for that. That's not just what the only reason we've got him on. We also have him on because he is at Mogul was hired to build and manage the partner success team. So the combo of revived health and professional goals has led to a cycle of progress where he has found a version of himself that he loves and for a long time thought was lost. Now he does have spare time. So he enjoys running, hiking, exploring LA, cheering for the Cowboys. So, you know, give him a little bit of slack on that. It's all right. He currently lives in Brentwood, California with his dog, Miles. Alex, welcome to the show. Our first question, as always, what is in your glass? Yeah, um, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of you guys, both in person as well as the podcast and the Twitter chat and everything. It's a bit early for me. I'm on the West Coast, so I still have coffee <laughs> in my cup here, but um, in a couple hours, it will be a glass of whistle pig. That is my good. Did you say whistle pig? Whistle pig rye. <laughs> and uh, I see John, John perking up and smiling. We've had more than one conversation about burden. And I, and I love <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. I, I'm going to take you up on your advice and one day make it to the, to the makers distillery. I almost did it a couple weeks ago. We get coffee a lot these days in terms of an answer. I'm curious, though, how exactly you're at Mogul now, but where, how did you get your start in the HR recruitment technology space? And then what's keeping you here? My start was, I don't know that it was an accident, but I, so I was in, in telecom sales. That was my first job out of college. I worked with this guy, Mike King. And uh, I don't know how we became friends. I, I distinctly remember disliking him <laughs> the first couple of days. So we rapidly became like probably like best friends at work and really good friends. And his dad worked for ADP. And one day I was talking to him, kind of complaining and kind of like talking about my vision and my goals and whatever. And the next day he came, he said, you know, I was telling my dad about you. And he said, it's time to move up to the big leagues. And, you know, ADP being a Fortune 500 company, they had just launched a, a mid-market HR platform and benefits platform. And I, I jumped into the team to, to do that. And it just kind of started from there, right? Like I, you got into the circuit, right? And then I got in from there. I got into like a time and labor company on the software side, mostly always on software. I jumped into recruiting for a little bit. That was, I guess, to teach me to really, really value recruiters and the work that they do because it was some of the most impossible work I've ever done in my life. And I stay in it mostly on the HR tech side, because I love it. It's an area that's constantly growing. It's an area that's constant innovation. As soon as you think you saw the next new thing and it's all over, someone does something really cool or invents a better mousetrap and, and it's cool. And it's meaningful work. It's really meaningful work. So at Mogul, we, we, our skew is diversity, right? That's kind of where, where we went and we created a, a very large, uh, one of the largest diverse networks of, of candidates um, as well as a job board, and we're helping people find underrepresented um, candidates. And so you can also, in, in addition to doing something cool and interesting and techie and fun and different, you can make an impact, you know, uh, in a way that's really meaningful. I mean, at the end of the day, you're helping people get jobs, you're helping people feed their family. And that's really meaningful to me. That is so awesome. 
I love that you're at a place where you can connect with people in in that way and help people in that way. So tell us a little more about Mogul and what are some of the biggest challenges your clients are seeing when it comes to those diversity recruitment initiatives and how does Mogul help address them? Um, so Mogul, we have a multi-part approach, multi-platform approach. Um, we started out by building one of the largest networks of diverse candidates out there. Currently, just all candidates across the board, we have access to about 430 million candidate profiles. Um, and we help filter and highlight diverse candidates, both through inbound traffic, through things like our job boards, and through outbound traffic with a, with a piece of software we make, um, a piece of sourcing software rather we make. And then in addition to that, we actually have full-scale retained search. And the way that we, we help people or the way that our clients engage with us and the issues that, that, that they're seeing is it's really, really hard to find diverse talent, to identify them and, and, and add them to talent pipelines when you're recruiting. And if you think about it, it's because the way networks are built and talent networks are built, they're built kind of still from that old kind of word of mouth, you know, who you know kind of, kind of way. If you take like the big guy in the room, LinkedIn, they report their numbers, right? Nothing against LinkedIn, but they report their numbers. It's overwhelmingly older, white, male, five to seven years on the job, making seven, six figures already, graduated creation, sitting on the VP level, right? And that's their network. So it's really hard when that network or like a word of mouth network to find diverse, to find diverse talent when they're not within those networks. Those networks aren't built by diverse candidates or they're not really built even for diverse candidates. It's nothing against the network. It's just kind of mm-hmm. part of the beast. So we help identify those people. On the recruiting side, when you look at like top end recruiting, like VPs and, and executives, it gets really nuts. There's a stat out there, something like um, 90% of those jobs are gotten through word of mouth and who you know. Wow. And again, when you look at the closed network for diverse candidates to get parity at the top, it's going to take something like 60 years of recruiting effort to kind of even out that playing field. Working with a partner like us to help identify, find, and source diverse talent and put them in front of you and filter them out, make sure that they're at the top of the candidate funnel and, and filtering into your hiring classes um, is really where we make an impact and make a difference and kind of where we stand out to our to our clients. I mentioned earlier, Alex, that a bit about our relationship. For full transparency, Alex was actually my partner at a previous employer viz, and he was my customer success manager, whatever, whatever the term was. He made sure that <laughs> the stuff got done and that it was done well and portrayed my organization as best we could. And I use Alex as an example to a lot of people that he is the epitome of everything that is right when it comes to working with vendors and having great relationship. I mean, look, we've continued to talk years after he's left that organization. Part of the reason he's on the show is that he's doing cool stuff now with Mogul. I had the chance because it's our show. We can do it. <laughs> here, here we are with Alex. And I want to talk a little bit about in terms of developing those relationships with customers, typically we're going to hear about, well, you know, what do I do as the customer? From your side, as that person providing that service, what do you look for or what do you think the customer needs to be doing to nurture that relationship and make it effective for everybody involved? It's definitely two-sided. So on, on my side, you know, I feel that it's my job to really be a partner and be consultative. And really just get to your goals and help you understand and revise and, you know, work through the goals and make sure they're, that they were consistently going after them and that, um, you know, we're, we're with you as they change. The other side of that 
from a, a customer perspective, using you as an example, right? We had a great partnership because I always knew where I stood and I always knew what you were looking for. And I think it's kind of the same thing on both sides. I think that a lot of relationships like in this, in, in, in like the software industry, people in my position kind of come with canned answers and you're looking at like an objection matrix or an answer matrix. And if they say this, then you say this, right? On the other side, that kind of breeds a little bit of hesitation or maybe in the worst cases, mistrust to be completely honest with your lender. So the best relationships that I've had have been brutally honest. And I ask everyone who, who comes in and you've got this question a, a bunch of times, John, you know, tell me everything good, bad, and different. I mean, even from the start, I'll ask people, why'd you sign up? There's, you know, there's a lot of people calling you trying to sell you something. Why did you sign up? Why, why are you here? What are you actually trying to achieve? What are the metrics? What are the KPIs? What are the things, things that are going to get you there? And then what are the challenges? Why haven't you got there already? Why can't you do this yet? I know that the best relationships I've had, we have hit that with just major tenacity, brutal honesty. Hey, this is working. Hey, this is not working. And then patience. All right, John, I don't know if I have the answer for you right now. I wasn't ready for that much, uh, but let me go figure it out. Let me see who could help me. Let me see where I could get that answer. And, you know, if I can't get you an answer, I'll, I'll figure out what we could do. Let's, 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 you know, we'll figure something out, right? We'll, we might get you 80% of the way there and, and guess on 20. It puts me as a, as a vendor in a position to really be a partner and really be, you know, act as a friend and act as a consultant and then see the full picture with you alongside you and go find a way to deliver the results that we need or as much of them as can be deliverable. So Alex, you mentioned at the top of the show, you're on a health and wellness journey, which I think in the past two years, <laughs> several of us, we've, we've, you've kind of either, people have either gone one of two ways, right? It's like, screw it all. Or, hey, I'm going to use this extra time and uh, get outside, walk, get the dogs out, that sort of stuff. Um, so tell us a little bit about your own journey, what you learned along the way, and why you feel it's important for us to have these conversations. My journey, it started at a moment where I kind of had that, you know, should I go with the screw it all approach, right? August of 2020 was the pandemic, mm-hmm. where I kind of had a pandemic. I was at my last company for about five years at the same time, around the same amount of time I was in a relationship with someone. We had all the plans that a five-year relationship happens has. Two months before my 40th birthday, everything that I think is going to define my life is gone, right? The, I get laid off from, the, from my job. I, we, we wrap up the relationship. And I'm sitting there one day, you know, like staring down the barrel of 40. And I'm like, okay, great. Now what? You know, now what am I going to do? I thought I had this life in check. I thought I checked those boxes. And I have no idea what's going on. And I think in those situations, you have that option to say it's screwed all, but you have the option to learn the lesson from it or, or see the lesson in it and see the opportunity in it. And I've always had this thing when hard things happen, particularly in work, I try not to let it slow me down. I'm like, okay, I got laid off. Now what? You know, I, I remember um, I got laid off at ADP in the, in, the, in the first recession. I was on the phone for a recruiter before I was in the parking lot. That's always kind of been a thing in my professional life. I've always been really, really career driven. But um, in my personal life, I never really had that. And something just snapped. I was just kind of like, look, you can sit here and complain and say why and scream and, you know, throw your fists at the heavens. And I'm sure I did my fair share of that, too. But there's this other voice in my head that was like, all right, go after it. It's time to go after it. I started working out with a trainer. You know, I, I, I met a trainer once a day or once a week. 
and said, you know, this is all I can do right now. I started trying to like, you know, cut back my food and everything, eat healthier rather. And it kind of started this thing. It started this, you know, I started to see results pretty quickly from there. I got a call from an, an old coworker that was at Mogul at the time. He just called for advice. Hey, uh, I have this client success team that, um, you know, they're, they're, I just need some tips. And we ended up talking for an hour. And at the end of that call, she said, okay, you know what? Let's just scrap this whole advice thing. And why don't you come here and build it new fresh? So I got into the job and the job, I was like, all right, now I got this job. I'm going to, you know, take X amount from my paycheck and go double up on my trainer, triple up with my trainer, go get like a meal plan. And so every good thing that happened with the, with the job, I would reinvest time and money into healthcare. Every good thing that happened with healthcare, right? Like every time I would lose some weight or have substantial weight loss or blood sugar numbers came down, cholesterol metrics came down, those kinds of things. I'd feel really great. I'd get really motivated and I'd be pumped to go, go back to work the next day. And it would give me more energy and more time at work to, to, to just hit it harder at work. And I started getting promoted at work and started kind of moving up and started reinvesting in health. And there was just, just cycle, right? Good begets good. Good begets good. And I got to this point, you know, like February of last year, I was waking up every day calling everybody and telling them it's the happiest I've ever been in my life. This is so great. This is so wonderful. And then, you know, had some ups and downs again and had some more kind of like, now what? And started really kind of honing in and said, you know what? I'm doing great. I'm doing happy, but I'm getting comfortable. And that's comfort's the enemy. Uh, your comfort zone will kill you. I yell it at the top of my lungs every day as soon as I wake up. Um, team meetings, everything. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but it's true. So I started looking, all right, where can I double down? Where can I, you know, like I was motivated. I was doing more things. You know, I started working out more with a trainer. I said, okay, but working out with a trainer is, uh, you're, you like that. That's comfortable to you. What's not comfortable? Okay, hiking's not comfortable. Running's not comfortable. Going and doing a 5K is uncomfortable. Taking a, you know, a, a hit class is uncomfortable, right? Now, like a few weeks ago, I sent out a text to everybody I know. I said, what's your nightmare scenario for exercise? What is the, the class or gym or exercise you do that as soon as you're done, you're like dying and you hate it? And I got 10 or 15 texts back and I went into all those things. Nice. So it's just been like this to kind of get back to the question that I've straight from <laughs> abstractly. Um, it's been this thing where like um, one cool thing happens health-wise and motivates me to be stronger at work. That promoted me work-wise, motivates me to reinvest in my health. But this cycle has been kind of spinning. It's taken a life of its own. I've um, become kind of obsessive about both things, right? Um, but become it's driven like this goal orientation I've never had before, right? Um, I mean, I sit there now as a, as a leader in my organization, I sit with my team and say, okay, like I know I've gotten somewhere. I know I've achieved certain goals. What do you guys want to achieve? And as a leader, I need to help you achieve those goals. Never really thought like that before. I, I looked outside of healthcare and said, what other goals do I want to achieve? You know, whether it's I never read and I want to start reading more or I don't save and invest. I want to start investing more and I want to, you know, build like an investment portfolio and learn about that. So I started doing things like that. It's just pushed out into this kind of thing of, like personal development in a way I've never really thought about it. And the big thing that sticks out to everybody is the number, the weight loss, right? I lost about 130 pounds as of yesterday's weigh in. I'm nice. at 130 down, which is cool. Thank you. Um, it's exciting. It's cool to see people love the before and after pictures. Um, what they don't see is the mindset. And that's the biggest change for me. Looking for the lesson in everything, looking for the, the try and everything 
you know, people are like, oh, you must be super motivated. You must be super disciplined. No, I'm the least motivated person <laughs> in the world. I, I hate I hate going to the gym. I wake up in the morning at 630. I have a class. I wake up. The first thing I do is hit snooze and say I'm not going. But after I hit snooze, I get out of bed and I start tying my shoes. And the whole way, I'm saying, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to go work out today. I'm cursing the class and the trainer and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But I do it while I'm walking to the gym and then I'm in front of the gym like, oh, well, I guess I got to work out now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just this this mindset of just activity and hustle and look for the, um, look for the next thing mm-hmm. you can do and look for the challenge and the, the win and everything, right? Um, and look for the, the, the place to learn and everything has been the biggest change. And that's what spawned the other things that you can see, like the weight loss and, and that kind of stuff. Alex, one of the things that we've done over the last bit of time is outsource some of our work and, and getting previous guests to ask questions. And I couldn't find a more appropriate one than this. And that is Jackie Clayton asked, if you didn't have software to perform your job, how would you get it done? <laughs> it's funny because that kind of plays into some of the activity model that, that I, I keep these days. <laughs> you know, lucky for me, I could do my job on the phone. If it really came down to it, it'd be hard. The graphs, the meters or the metrics, that kind of stuff would be a little bit hard. But like right now, as it is, if I'm on a Zoom call, if I don't have to be presenting on Zoom, I take that call from my phone. I have my ear pods in. And it's funny. I walk about 13, 14 miles a day around my neighborhood. Half of that is on calls, usually internal meetings because, you know, they're a little bit kinder. But like I have, you know, I'll be on a call just sitting there and it's funny hands in the air, like drawing the metrics with my hand, talking to people, right? Like the neighbors look at me, they're like, oh, there goes that crazy guy walking. <laughs> my boss, our CEO, we do our one-on-ones. She walks around Central Park and I walk around mm, my nice. We do team meetings. I'm sitting on a stationary bike spinning. I'm like, you know, bouncing back and forth and everyone's laughing at me. But, um, you know, they're also, also really super supportive. I guess the, the simple answer to the question is I'm lucky that I just get to talk most of the day. And you can see I do that a lot, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. So it all came down to it uh, as long as I could use the phone. And if not, I don't know, I guess I'd have to fly places, <laughs> which is cool. would love to see America. So, you know, if, if the phone wires go down any anytime, expect to see me across the East Coast uh, visiting Rock. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Namely. The role of HR has changed drastically over the last couple years. With remote work on the rise, constantly changing compliance requirements, and a historically competitive talent market, making sure your team is supported in their work and community is more crucial than ever. That's why you need Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that offers everything you need to set you up for success along with dedicated support, giving you all the help you need to help your team. Namely helps you easily adapt to the ever-changing workplace and maintain a great employee experience, whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, with onboarding, performance management, and intuitive benefits enrollment all in one connected and modern platform. Plus, Namely can streamline your payroll, time tracking, and vacation requests so you can be everyone's favorite HR leader, no matter how large your company grows. Companies are built on people. Don't let either fail. Get the support you need and learn more about making the switch to Namely today by going to Namely.com. Thanks again to Namely for sponsoring this episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now, back to the show. We are back, Alex. It is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. 
what career did you dream of having when you were a child? There was two. I wanted to be an archaeologist. There are many stories of me digging up front and backyards, <laughs> not all looking for fossils. You know, broke a couple of sprinkler lines. It's okay. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad we worked through that. And then owning the Dallas Cowboys. It was my dream, and is still kind of my dream to own the Dallas Cowboys. And as soon as Jerry and I can come to terms on some kind of layaway <laughs> plan, I'm going to make that happen. I love it. Alex, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? I'll give two answers. In my network, someone that I network with, her name is Kaya, K-I-A-H, Twizzleman. She's on Instagram at coach underscore Kaya. I met her a few months ago. She, I met her because she went through a similar journey as me. Got some notoriety because of the industry that she worked in and, and her background and did some really impressive things and has a really impressive story herself. And, and because of that journey and because of, of her success, um, actually fell into, into coaching. Um, and I met her because a mutual acquaintance said, hey, you guys should know each other. And we started talking on Instagram and have had a couple conversations since. And she is a pretty awesome person and has a really funny Instagram <laughs> that breaks down the challenges we all kind of go through in pretty simple, easy chunks. I want to also kind of throw a shout out to a guy named David Goggins. He's not quite in my network. I did get to meet him a couple of weeks ago on a four mile run and he has changed my life. Um, so when I started running about 50 pounds into the weight loss, when I kind of had that, okay, let's, let's get really uncomfortable with it moment. When I started running around then somebody introduced me to, to his either a podcast of his or an Instagram account. And he's about brutal accountability. He's one of those guys. He's like, hey, if, uh, if you're fat, you're fat. Don't say you're not. If, you, if it's a problem, then you go fix it. And you admit it and you go fix it. And something about that, maybe it's the uh, old football player in me or something like that. But that kind of like no cut corners, not be nice about things, just say it brutally and, and, and deal with it and, and figure it out, really kind of spoke to me. And actually now listen to his podcast and you know little clips of his podcast when I run. Um, interchange with music and it, it keeps me super motivated. And I, I got to actually meet him a couple weeks ago. He was uh, out here in Hermosa Beach doing a four mile run. So I went and joined 300 other people to run four miles down the beach with him and was lucky enough to that he was there an hour later when I finished my four miles and he did it in probably like 20 minutes. To actually get to meet him and tell him, you know, like, you know, this, uh, your words have changed my life and, and honestly have have saved my life in a, in a very real way. Um, and that, that was really cool. Alex, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Always know your value and act within a way to maintain it. Alex, how do you enjoy giving back to your community? Think about that. And I was like, I don't know what I do. Um, recently, with this whole journey, I've been pushed to kind of be very public about it. And I'm, a, I'm generally a very private person, right? I, I would rather kind of live, I don't know if in the shadows is what I'm <laughs> going to say, but I'd rather, I don't mind the spotlight, but I, don't, I like to be in control of everything I share, right? Um, and I don't really like to share too much. But when I hit the 100 mark on weight loss, my sister pushed me to go public. So I created this Instagram account, chronicling and journaling during my story. And that's opened a lot of conversations with a lot of people about kind of like the struggles they have. So I'll put a post and I'll get 70 DMs um, nice. 
in response. Hey, what are you thinking? What about this? What kind of advice do you have? Or I'm running through this, or I had this obstacle. Um, And I'll hear a lot of people share really authentically and I'll hear challenges they have or stories they have, or, you know, um, like their weight loss goals, right? It was for, it's, it's been a really cool way to engage with people. Like sometimes people say, like, it's inspiring to hear my story and that really brings me out. (laughs) No, I'm I'm just the weirdo walking around my neighborhood on zoom calls, right? (laughs) To like hear people say, okay, you know, I, I listened to you on a podcast and that thing you said about motivation is me, but I just went and did it, even though I didn't want to mm-hmm. do it. Has been really cool, and I feel so weird saying that's how I give back. For lack of doing anything earth-shattering or making a huge difference, I think that's my favorite way to at least try to be a part of this community that we're all part of, and and try to bring value to um, to other people's lives. It's just one person at a time, Alex. It's not about being earth-shattering at all. That's the beauty of what we do here is those small reaches are are important so glad you do that favorite movie back to the future nice choice what's your favorite or your most memorable live performance you've ever attended the watch the thrones concert so so jay-z and kanye west had an album together called watch the throne i'm a huge huge kanye west fan have been for a very long time but that one besides it just being a really great performance a friend of mine was able to get me floor seats from a music industry friend of his. And so I was on the floor in between two floating stages, one that had Jay-Z and one that had Kanye. Wow. And to that, yeah, no, it was crazy. Um, I tried so hard to get like nosebleed tickets and they were sold out before I could sneeze. So to like be surprised with these tickets was huge. The day before the concert or maybe two days before the concert, I also got some kind of weird virus. So I went with a hundred and hundred and one degree feet. Oh, the damn. Night. Um, like was wrapped up in a sweater and chills with a hundred something <laughs> degree fever. At the end of the night, I was at one Oh one and I was there with my friend. I remember telling him on the way out, we might have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> wow. He dropped me off that night at my parents' house and I slept in their living room because I didn't know I needed like someone to watch me. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have to like wake wow. up and go to the, to the emergency room. Uh, but there was no way I was missing that concert, <laughs> you know? It was, I put like the tickets on Facebook, you know, how like Facebook and Instagram yep. do like the memories. Every year when that thing comes up, when that like your memories comes up, I get a text message with a picture oh. from my friend. Best show ever. Glad you made it out <laughs> Oh my gosh. Alex, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or yourself, what would it be? I think I'd want to be myself. I'd want to be on South Park. <laughs> they do such a funny job of just making fun of everybody. And I feel like I could give them so much fun. <laughs> and you're not famous. So you could actually be like a, a human on the show. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, it, and I, I, I would love to just see them tear me apart. That would be, I, I would, I would fall on the floor laughing. Recently, it was announced that it's going to be Alex Udeem Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? Yeah, I have two guilty pleasures. One is McDonald's pancakes. (laughs) I don't get them when I want pancakes. That's for sure. But they are, uh, I don't know what they are, but they're amazing. So it would have to involve McDonald's pancakes. And then I'm also, um, and John, you've heard this example. I'm a huge Air Jordan fan. 
anytime I use a company for an example on anything, especially when like employer brand, like what we talk about, like marketing to talent, it's always Nike and it's always Air Jordans, right? So I think if, if I had a holiday, the best way to celebrate it would be to strap on your favorite pair of Jordans, mine are 11s, <laughs> and go buy some McDonald's pancakes. <laughs> da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna take a while to get topped john yeah i agree I'm just i agree say it. <laughs> that's yeah amazing finally alex uh as you know we are outsourcing so if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question what would you ask them what is the farthest you've ever been ventured out of your comfort zone Ooh. and what did you learn from it i like that question Alex, it is now in the book, so it will be asked very soon. I can't thank you enough for taking time, yes. not only to talk about work and what you're seeing at Mogul, but also to share your story on your health journey. I, for one, have been blown away and your transparency and being willing to share. Because it's like Wendy said, it is a, a wonderful thing to see, and I appreciate you being willing to do it and, and share it with our audience as well. Most of our listeners, like I said, some of them know you, but those that don't, they're going to want to get to. Best way for them to reach you out there. The place I'm most active is on Instagram, and the handle is Fat Kid Beautiful. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. It's kind of a personal brand of mine. I have a Facebook page under the same name. I have a Twitter handle under the same name. But, John, I'm sorry, it doesn't get updated nearly as much. And then on LinkedIn, just just my name, Alex Udeen. We will have all that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to reach you out there. Best way, as always, is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter, 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, thanks to our friends over at Namely for sponsoring this episode. Check them out at namely.com to learn more. As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, follow, whatever platform you're on check mark button, big neon sign, follow. That way you'll get a, a new episode each and every week. International listeners, I actually had a chance to talk to somebody internationally today that we're going to look forward to having on soon. We'd love to talk to you too, but it is easier for you to get in touch with us than for us to get in touch with you. So reach out, let's start the conversation and look forward to having you very soon. Alex, again, appreciate you being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 